Patriots up here at the altar. Uh, we've never had this many for Thanksgiving Day as long as I've been here, which is a great thing. But so normally we kind of set stuff up for daily Mass and there's like all these people. Thanks be to God, we have something to be grateful for this morning. I, I was going to cede uh, to Father Smith this morning because, uh, frankly, I've been here long enough now and I know most of you that are here well enough, you've heard everything I have to say on the topic of Thanksgiving. So I, I have very little new that I can propose to you. Yes, Thanksgiving is intimately tied to Eucharist, right? The very use of thank you as the sort of thing that we say after an exchange of goods comes from us, comes from we Christians. That's not how ancient Romans or Greeks or even Hebrews greeted each other in the marketplaces. Yes, we inherit some of this from the Jews, but there is a distinctively Christian character to Thanksgiving, which is the reason it's no accident that those poor Protestants who landed in the wrong place wound up needing the help of the natives who were here. Yes, 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 it's all true. Everything I've said the last six, seven years, it's true. But here's what I want us to focus our attention on today. You can left me in the right spot. Amen, amen, I say to you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will become joy. This one's tricky, and it's hard. It's more challenging for a Thanksgiving sermon, probably, than you were expecting. But at least for me this year, I know is very important, and I suspect for many of you as well. The distinctively Christian character of Thanksgiving consists in this. We are meant to be grateful, not only for goodness, but for hardship. If our thanksgiving is honest and sincere, and it takes a long time and a lot of effort to get there, we find ourselves ultimately 
able to give thanks not only for the good, but also for the bad. Job famously, right, at the end of the story, the Lord is given, the Lord is taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord in goodness and in want. There are several of us here this morning who are already in mourning. Monsignor Chido passed through his last agony a little after midnight and has gone to God to be judged according to his deeds and to be given, please God, great mercy. Death is a helpful way, I think, for us to think about thanksgiving. At the end of a life, we're able to be grateful in a way that it's hard to do while the person's still with us. Once the person's dead, once there's a period at the end of the sentence that is their life, there's a totality. We know exactly what all it is. We're grateful for now in a way that we couldn't be while they were still walking around. And yet, that very thanks requires grief. The person has to be gone for us to ultimately get it. And those of us that have loved deeply and lost much, we can't help but recognize that our grief and our thanks are forever intertwined. Those of you that have born children know exactly what's being proposed here. Both the Lord and later St. Paul takes up this image. The pain and agony of childbirth is unique. Not only for us in the human experience, it appears to be unique in the animal kingdom. It's part of what the Genesis story is pointing to. Animals labor, but they don't agonize in the way that human women do. But we, we have a unique pain attached to our childbirth, which somehow makes the child more valuable, not less, because they are born of pain because they are born of suffering. Our gratitude grows in proportion to the grief that we know, which is why whatever happens at Plymouth, that first Thanksgiving here in the States, the colonies, the colony, whatever, which is why that first Thanksgiving was so important, they didn't feast out of an abundance. They were starving. That was the whole point. But no one's more grateful for food than a starving man. No people are more grateful for God's goodness than those who have suffered, which is why no people would be more fit to bear the God-man than those who had suffered as the Jews. We have so much for which to be grateful precisely because we have suffered so much. And we have much to look forward to because we know more grief awaits us in the future. I'm not asking you to go home and be sad today around your Thanksgiving table. I'm just asking you to be honest. Honest about the thanks that you feel in your heart, that you know in your head, and that you force at times in your will. Be honest about what you're grateful for because of what you've been given. And yes because of what you've been made to suffer. The day before my mother died, my, she was a Methodist, and so Dad and I, when we needed to take breaks, would walk down the street to Woodland and wander the cemetery. We've got a fair number of people there, so we'd visit the graves and talk. Cemeteries are helpful places when you're approaching grief, at least 
for Irish people. And as we were wandering through the cemetery, I was asking my dad about the things he was most grateful for in his life with mom and the things he regretted, the things he was sorry for. And, and, and I asked him, those of you that know me know that we ran this gas station on the east side for a long time. And I said, do you regret buying the station, dad? Because this station, it occupied all of our lives. And 80 hour weeks for 40 years, it was, it was a thing. And uh, he said, it was the worst decision I ever made, and I'm grateful for it every day. And I said, what do you mean, Don? And he said, the decision wasn't bad. I made it exactly the way you're supposed to. Your mom and I talked and talked and talked about it. We thought and prayed over it. We both went to our confessor, spiritual director, bounced it off people whose opinions we trusted. We did all the things you're supposed to do when you make an important decision like this. It just didn't work out the way that we planned. That doesn't make it a bad decision. Certainly doesn't mean they sinned in making it, but here was the insight he had and the reason he was so grateful for it. I would never have planned our life this way, son, but I know that you are the priest you are because of growing up in that business. And for better or worse, I run this place like a family business. You're all cousins that might show up yet after the table's done, and I promise there's food hidden all around the house so that you'll be well taken care of. My father is grateful for his grief. He's grateful even for his mistakes, his misapprehensions, the whoopsadoodles that worked their way through life, but were vehicles, agents, instruments of God's grace. I'd be lying if I didn't acknowledge I'm in the midst of some kind of grief myself. My brother-in-law's death a couple months ago still weighs very heavy on me. Monsignor Chido's death has been long coming and hard won and difficult for all of us who loved him. And frankly, the parish is in trouble again, and that is stressful in a way that few people can recognize. It's all true. And in my best moments, which are not all the time, I can be grateful. This is important for us because the thank offering we make in the Eucharist is for both the best and the worst thing that happened in the whole course of human history. We're giving thanks for the greatest mistake we ever made, murdering the god -man. But if you can give thanks for that because of the fruit that has been born from that glorious death, then you can approach the altar in faith and with confidence, with the hope of pilgrims who found a harvest and survived a winter, of those who have known grief and suffering, but no better still, gratitude.